Ever since I read the book, The Space Barons, which is a book that essentially compares and contrasts the different strategies that Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are using in SpaceX and uh, Blue Origin, respectively, I've been really fascinated about the idea uh, and wanted to study like how people are building companies in the space space. So today uh, there was an in, there was a uh, podcast uh, on the Venture Stories podcast with uh, the founder of Akash Systems. His name is Felix, and then um, a an investor at Founders Fund. I think his name is pronounced Dillian. So I just want to um, I'm going to be reading the notes that I took on the podcast, and then I'll tell you who said what since it was a joint interview. So first of all, uh, Felix uh, has a response to the question like, "What is Akash Systems?" And he says, we make gear for the satellite communications industry. The world today is going through a revolution and transformation in communications. There's a large number of people who are not connected to the internet. Around here, we get 4G and LTE, meaning like more of the developed world. He says, but most people in the world are still stuck on 2G. The gap between what we could have and where we are today is huge. Satellites are aiming at closing that information gap and Akash is enabling the solution for that gap. Oh, um, before I forget, I'll leave a link to both the Space Barons and the podcast I did on Space Barons in case you want to learn more. It was really interesting. Uh, so Dillian uh, is, was asked, like, how, like, you're investing in space startups. You're one of the few venture capitalists that are doing this. Like, how, first of all, how do you analyze space startups? And, and um, so he has, like, a framework, basically, to how he analyzes space startups and why he invested in Akash and it's uh, three parts. He says, first, he asks, is there a real commercial market that already exists here? Two, are you just developing a commoditized product or a highly differentiated product? Akash has developed a material science innovation that is very unique and has massive business implications to their customers. It is a highly differentiated and defensible product. He also thinks it's the best product and he thinks that they're going to sell a lot of them. It's essentially like their radios for, for satellite companies to communicate with their satellites in, a, like a, I guess, a better way. Um, he thinks that not only is uh, these, these more space companies are going to be buying these radios um, in like a large quantity, but he thinks that Akash is building the very best one. And finally, three, what is the total addressable market? This is an industry where people are willing to spend a lot of money to get online. The current satellite radio business is already a couple billion dollars a year. There will be tons and tons of people buying radios and we will have the best one. There you go, I just ran over my own point. There's a risk that one day people won't be using radios to communicate with satellites, but we've been using radios to communicate for a long time. Uh, he also brought up something that I'll also link in the email in the show notes. And he says, there's an incredible book. It's called The Case for Space, How the Revolution in Spaceflight Opens Up a Future of Limitless Possibility. Um, and that just came out recently. It is the same author that wrote the book that inspired Elon Musk to want to go to Mars. And that book, which is called The Case for Mars, The Plan to Settle the Red Planet and Why We Must, came out over 20 years ago now. Um, Dillian continues, he says, the most difficult part of space exploration is the rocket equation. We've kind of seen this was all like the trials and tribulations of SpaceX, right? He says, the heavier something gets to, uh, the heavier something gets on Earth that you need to launch, the, the exponential amount of fuel you need. So he's saying, well, this is not, you know, that's not really feasible. So he's like, what, he's imagining, like, what's the ideal end state for humanity? And he says, the ideal end state for humanity is not bringing any heavy things up and down from Earth. It is having the heavy things built outside of Earth. The only things coming up and down from the surface are people. This is very more, uh, I would say this is more in line with uh, what I've read about Jeff Bezos thinking. The idea of like having the heavy industry in orbit, not on Earth. It was really weird, and I say that like a, not as like a pejorative by any means. It was a really 
bizarre way of thinking that I that I uh, particularly liked. It surprised me, and that's probably why I remember it. Felix, uh, now the founder, back to founder, uh, Felix says, there's a wave of opportunity coming. I don't think we have seen the winners in space. That company may not even been born yet, meaning they're asking the question, like, is there going to be like a winner take all here? Is there going to be giant companies? So they're talking about like in terms of winners. So that company may not have been born yet. Remember, Google was search engine number 16. They came at a time when Yahoo was already this, the, uh, was already declared the winner. It is still very much early days. Um, and then Felix continues, says it's space, uh, contrary to I think most people's belief, is not a far-fetched idea. There are very real ideas being pushed right now. An example, recently an NGO, a uh, non-government organization, I think is what that stands for, asked for us to provide satellites to them to help them collect data from fishermen around the world to make sure the fishermen aren't catching endangered species. There's an infinite number of applications here. Uh, and Dillion says a cache is a company that could start making revenue, real revenues in a year. Not in five or ten years. In a year, they could start selling radios to commercial operators like Elon and Bezos, and they could sell to anyone who needs to communicate with their satellites. That is basically everybody in the space industry. And then Felix makes a good point that the opportunity here is probably larger because it's so hard. And he says, listen, there are a lot fewer companies making hardware than software, probably by a factor of ten. Within hardware, there are even fewer companies making hardware for space. And then Dillian talks about some of the contributions that SpaceX has done that is actually going to fuel future growth in the space industry. It says, uh, SpaceX really helped shift the curve here. The government used to go to ULA, United Launch Alliance, and say that we need to launch a satellite. Tell us how much it costs you and we will pay you 20% above that. ULA is incentivized to make the launch cost a billion dollars. When SpaceX comes in and says we can launch it for $100 million, the government is obligated to take a serious look. SpaceX has gone through many lawsuits to get to this point. And then Felix talks about like what why is there being a market like why is there even a market for this stuff? And he talks about what is being what is pulling like the market is pulling these products out of the companies. And he says there's an extraordinary backbreaking demand for data that wasn't there before. I think that is the justification for so much push into space. That is what is pulling so many companies to make things in space. And finally Dillion makes this great point. He says, listen, space is one of the few places where there's literally uncapped upside. How do you not pay attention to that? 